Hello, I'm Patrick Chavis, and you're listening to LA Theater Bites, and I'm here with the Robot Team, and um, they they have a new show coming on at the Hollywood Fringe this year. It's called Turbulence, and uh, we're here to talk a little bit about their show. And please uh, introduce yourselves, um, left to right. We've got a lot of people here today, so uh, tell us your name. Tell us uh, what parts you have to play in this show. I'm Dave Reynolds. I play Mambo Number Four, the robot of the ship. I'm one of the actors and one of the writers and also a co-director for a little bit of it. My name's Molly Dorsky and I play Pattern McGurk, the navigations expert and pilot um, who's also a nihilist. And I am going to be direct. Well, I I am. I'm directing the show. (laughs) I'm Kat Primo. I am playing Dr. Jules Johnson. Uh, engineer behind the new technology aboard our ship and also a producer and choreographer for Turbulence. I'm uh, Chris Bramante. I play mechanic Mick Cribbins, who is a demolition derby, evil Knievel type future dude who is just there to have a good time and have a racy, racy, fun race. And so I'm also one of the writers and a producer. Tell me a little bit about Turbulence and uh, what's the, the basic concept, what's the basic idea of, on, on the show? So Turbulence takes place in the year 4242, and it's a future in which Earth had become a crappy, rundown planet and that everybody who was smart and wealthy created a colony on Mars, and the Martians spent a lot of time developing technologies and making themselves genetically advanced, and the only time that Earth and the people who now identify as just Martians ever interact is through a sporting event called the Olympics. So we find ourselves in the 4242 inter where... Earth has finally decided to put all of their energy into building out the final event, which is a race around the sun. And at the last minute, due to some mysterious circumstances, the athletes that were designated to uh, be Earth's team get sick, and we are the last-minute overnight replacements in the against Mars. Nice, nice. So, um, so, so, what was uh, who kind of had the uh, inspiration for this? It's obviously a comedy. Who had the 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 base? What inspired something about the future and Mars? Does it have something to do with maybe um, the politics of right now? People, people, what people thinking about going to Mars and, and and Mars and and stuff like that and trying to you know go to another planet instead of trying to take care of Earth. Does that, does that have anything to do with recent politics, or is it completely random? Oh, it does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, originally this was an um, improvised show. Um, Robot Teammate is a musical improv company uh, troupe, and we make up musicals all the time, and last year one of the musicals we made up was Turbulence. So we basically just really love this area that or this you know location we you know explored and from there reinvested in that and made it bigger and bigger and sort of expanded the universe to make it the intergolympics and mars versus earth and you know that sort of struggle of class sort of i would say yeah came from this sort of political time now yeah 
I just Friday I was listening to NPR and they described Trump as going through turbulence. And I just thought, how wonderfully timely that they're describing his tenure as this. Um, it's a phenomenon, it's a theme, it's an overarching crisis in politics, and it's a, a funny construct to write a musical around. And we typically create, just when, so we've written three musicals now. The first one was Time Heart, the second one was called Plug Tunnel, and this one, Turbulence. They are all purposely begin with T's just because we think that's fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, there's a continuity to it. They all start with T, Chris. And they all are stories about, they all take place in a future in which humans have destroyed the world. And so, and they and the main characters are always people who provide hope against a backdrop of ecological crisis or stuff like that. And so that's the theme in all of our written shows so far. So certainly, uh, and also what we wanted to do was with Time Heart, we went so crazy with interdimensional stuff and aliens and everything. So we thought it would be fun to do a science fiction story that at its core was more of a sports tale and that didn't leave this solar system. Because I think that there's actually something kind of fun about the idea when you play in sci-fi that doesn't go beyond what we can actually really do. Because I think that that is, is, is somewhat less explored than going boldly into different quadrants of the many different galaxies and stuff like that. Yeah, we also really wanted to write a musical where we all uh, stood around shaking a lot. We really wanted to write a musical where we're just constantly shaking. Uh, that was a big, big thing we all wanted. <laughs> but we couldn't get the rise of the shake weight musical. So uh, we, just, we can't do that. We shake waving away those rights. <laughs> Thug, yeah, I, I didn't get to see it, but I heard Thug Tunnel did very well last year. Congratulations on that. I heard um, apparently you guys uh, won uh, a songwriting award for it, and that's that's amazing. And it's great to see new original stuff. Um, why do you, why do you think uh, is it just a coincidence? People just seem to respond at your shows to this post-apocalyptic stuff. So you seem to be making it. What why, why do you think uh, this theme seems to permeate more and more? I think that because it's so fun for us um, and somehow we all found each other in L.A., which is enormous, and we randomly or not randomly were uh, seeking out other musical comedy improvisers, found each other and found some common ground in creating these fantastical comedic stories. Um, so I think more than the apocalyptic nature of our stories, which we can't help because it just is what we tend to write for the fun of it, um, the chemistry among the seven of us is so uh, infectious that what's fun about watching us is also what's fun about hanging out with us, um, which is we love each other, we love to play, we all feel like little kids. Uh, like in our mom's basement at our best when we're like just being ridiculous and making each other laugh. Um, and I think what audiences love to come back and see is not only we put a lot of care and love and heart and soul and blood and sweat and tears into our art, um, but also that we really enjoy being together and that that chemistry can be felt in a room of 100 people um, when we're on stage. 
How did um like yeah that is that is an amazing thing that you brought up that yeah Los Angeles is huge and and it's amazing when something like a a group of people can meet and not tear each other apart you know and stuff like that and actually be a really a really good team and actually make something make really good art because um, that happens a lot um how did how did you guys meet how did it all kind of come together um that's I'd love to know that story. Uh, like five years ago, uh, me and some members of the troupe were just basically, I had just moved out here and, uh, they're like, Hey, do you want to try musical improv? We just saw like a show and my friend, Sean Grindle, who is a great piano player and, uh, is a, in, a member of the mosaics, great, uh, great band, uh, uh, just started playing music and we just started singing and dancing to it. And then literally the night after that, I met Chris and uh after i met him i just looked at everybody else and i was like so like he's in the troop right like this like we're just he's just gonna be part of this so like and from, Dave, you yeah. had the the group that had assembled you were already improvisers you were already doing like right. improv comedy but just hadn't explored the musical version yeah we we'd already uh, separately been like improvisers but together we had actually never improvised and like it was me matt scavoni matt campbell Sean Grindle and Brian Kane all were there that fateful night. And uh, really, after that, when Chris came in, it sort of like blossomed and we've had people come in and out, but Kat and Molly and Miles and Branson and Sam, the core now is just um, uh, really family members, sort of. It just feels uh, very connected. And I think what Molly was saying is true. You can tell that on the screen, you know, the screen, which is the stage. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I'm yeah. a fool, and I yeah, yeah. also do live stream improv, so they're yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But some of us, so so Dave is the only founding original member that still is part of Robot Teammate. But Robot Teammate has been growing steadily and losing members and gaining members. Um, but the the heart of Robot Teammate, like I knew about Robot because. I came to what was called, I think they still do, it was called the Cherry Crush, which was like an improv uh, battle um, where the audience votes on who comes back the next week. So I came at around like week 25 or something. Robot teammate in the current form that it was in had been winning for 25 weeks and then weeks later was holding auditions so that's when I got to audition. But before that, it was just like slowly gathering, losing, gathering people. And and then the uh, Cherry Crush got to go for 86 weeks. So it was that was a nice way for us to build our vibe together and yeah. to build a little bit of a following and just kind of fi- find ourselves. Because many of us haven't taken explicit classes in just musical improv where we learn exactly what we're supposed to do. Um, but yeah. a lot of the fun of it was learning from each other and learning from each other's triumphs and mistakes of how to even do this art form that we're trying to perfect and get people to pay money to come watch us do. But we're kind of just trial and error learning as we, as we go. Um, like it's, uh, you go, so you guys are improvisers, which is, which is interesting to, to hear about for the show and I've never seen one of your shows but it's also a set show as well so when people come to see Turbulence what well, c- can they expect to see uh, a similar show every single time or how how or how does how, how does it how do you work a set idea and concept 
and add the improvisation in, into it as well, or do you, or is it a set show and they can expect similar stuff? Well, from Dave, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm like a robot, so I sort of need to be more robotic. But there yeah. are definitely, I'd say, moments written in the show that are purposely blank so that we can improvise in the show. So n- never, uh, I would say that no thug tunnel was exactly the same. Like there were jokes that happened one night that didn't on other nights. And it's sort of because we're improvisers, we have this like flowy nature and we're able to sort of lean on each other and know that we can just trust each other. So it does have a different tone than a normal show, I'd say, just because of how comfortable we already are with each other. It doesn't feel like we're like acting as a company. It just feels like this is something where we all did. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of, I would say most of the improv that you'll see in turbulence is just in how we wrote it. So we improvised and, and in a room where we're writing, we're improvising. What, what about this line? What about this line? Which is just kind of like the improv that happens in a writer's room, which is not technically improv. It's just writing. Um, but this, the show will be scripted, and the last two shows have also, with a, a script that we give to the lighting guy so he knows his cues. Um, so the, the improv comes out in the form of how we develop the show, but the show itself, essentially, you'll come, uh, if you come twice, you'll see about the exact same thing. Yeah, the outcome will remain the same. The dialogue will essentially be the same. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, I don't think if any surprise twist, it's not going to be like, oh my God, shebang, on, in the third performance, it turns out, you know, Chris is actually Dave. <laughs> mask reveal. Mask reveal. Right, it's a podcast. Yeah. I, got, I had to say mask reveal. Yeah. <laughs> so you do it on the screen. Yeah. I'm I'm like really impressed when I see like so many like cooks in the kitchen because I know when I've tried to write with even one other person something or anything it's like it doesn't work for me it does it, but I'm sure but so I'm impressed when when there's like I hear of like you guys have such a big group of people and uh and all putting everything into one show and um, how how do you collaborate in such a great way with so many people and make it into one thing how how does it work do you have a funnel what's funnel into one person and think how does how does it all come together um well it's hard (laughs) yeah it's chaotic it's probably the most stressful yes exactly it's definitely (laughs) the most stressful thing that we do every year but it's also the most rewarding thing we do every year What we do is we select a head writer every year so that there is someone whose voice must be the final say. Uh, So the first year I did it on Time Heart. Last year, Molly did it on Doug Tunnel. Uh, And then this year, Miles, who is working today and couldn't be here, he's doing it on Turbulence. So everybody's Miles the tour guide. Yeah, hashtag Miles the tour guide at Universal. So everybody's voice is in there. And I always look at it as... My sister told me about the metaphor of the potatoes in the sack and that when potatoes in the sack, potatoes clean each other, but they do it by bumping up against each other in a pretty intense way. And there are some days where we are clicking our heels and having a great time, and there's some days where our disagreements are 
very, very intense. And then we have to go to a, an improv show. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so it's not, it's not just like we sit in and it's smooth. Like we have peaches and cream. Yeah. No, no. Scream. Elevate the work. Yeah. So it is. It pays off in the end. Yeah. But we do have to often remind ourselves that we love each other, and yes. that we think each other is smart and great and wonderful. Um, and then just I think yeah, repeating that over and over just to remind us why we're doing this because it can feel like you're ripping your hair out uh, at any oh, given yeah. day. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it can just sneak up, too. It'll just be like, <laughs> a song will just wipe out the confidence. Boom! And then, like, the next day, we'll just be hanging out and be like, oh, yeah, I want to, this is amazing. Like, Yeah, then we get to do choreography and dance with each other and be yeah. our silly selves again. It's also good that we do Fringe because we don't have, like, the time to, like, stay mad for long. Yeah, like, we have to do oh, you son of a gun. Oh, time to dance. Like, we just need to move on at some point. We already printed the posters. We already put the deposit on the space. We're, we're yeah. full steam ahead. The show is happening no matter what. Full ticket. We have to put up something called Turbulence. Come June 10th. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that also the experience is very similar to the story of Turbulence, the play. This is the first time that we've ever written something in which the main cast is all part of one team. We've never really told a team story. We've mostly told more traditional adventure st stories in which there are heroes and adversaries that clash. So I think that what's interesting about this story is it's a team that's struggling to work together, but they have no choice because they're in a tiny space vessel and they all have a very intense life and death situation in front of them and they have no choice but to come together and i think that's similar to what we're doing except rather than the you know lifting around the sun the yeah let's <laughs> try to make that money back <laughs> putting up a play break even yeah break even break <laughs> even the next musical from robot team made it's a breaking bad parody called breaking even <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny here yeah Okay. Um, no parodies. We refuse. Yeah, we're not. That was just a joke. Yeah, yeah. You have, yeah. You have our own ideas. <laughs> so, I think one thing that's been interesting lately, I'll also add, was every idea that we've landed on for the fringe has more or less been improvised. Time Heart was improvised during a photo shoot. It wasn't necessarily improvised like we did the story, but we were all in this studio that I'm actually talking to, that Kat and I are talking to you from right now. And we came up with characters and then created a story off of that. Thug Tunnel was something that a family friend of Miles shouted out during a show. And then we created that story on stage. And the same thing with Turbulence. So it's almost like the titling and the idea and like the core IP has already been instantly generated by all of us. So we all already co-own it. And we have generated ideas that we wanted to explore that haven't been created in that way. But we haven't developed any of them into a full project yet for molly for as far as the direction is concerned on this on this show um so uh 
I, I'm kind of curious about the aesthetic, the visual, the visual of the show. Like, uh, how how did you um, decide on the design or the as far as how actors are going to act in certain things, and also the outs the outside, you know, the the actual design of it. Um, what 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 can we expect? What is it going to look like? The set, uh, if that's not asking too much, I don't want to give too many spoilers. Totally no. Um... Because Fringe is supposed to be kind of bare bones, uh, and because of the time constraints, it has to be. I, I believe there are like 14 other shows performing in the same exact space that we perform in. And so the spots that are backstage that are designated for what we get to use in our show are small. So the sets and the props have to either be recycled from other shows in the space or tiny. Um, so that was inspiring in that um, always in Fringe and directing Fringe plays, wanting to um, be minimalistic and scale down to just sort of the essentials is where I come from. Um, so you'll definitely have uh, <laughs> chairs. Are they called chairs on a spaceship? Uh, yeah, yeah. Space chairs. Yeah, yeah. They, had, they yeah. yeah they had in the inter- they had chairs in the Enterprise yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah. there were buns on the spaceship Molly mm-hmm. watch yeah. some Star Trek butt cups butt cups okay. um, there, there will be spinning spinning butt cups with one one butt cup is is special because it's the captain's butt cup and um, and what's unique about this show put it in the strip. Yeah. It's not too late. We still have not a really. <laughs> uh, No. Um, Thank you. Uh, so uh, mostly for the set of the show, we're, we're trying to focus on the ensemble um, as the main set pieces, like the actors. So we put a lot of time and money into the costumes. And the butt cuts. <laughs> the costumes this year. So yeah. our costumes are kind of like setting the stage in a way that the set isn't necessarily doing. Um, because a space crew obviously has to have, have matching, very authentic-looking space uniforms, so we definitely have that. Um, and then the, the whole play, for the most part, uh, is linear, just follows a chronological um, hour of time where we don't leave the spaceship. So it's not going to be that uh, exciting. It's going to be, um, you'll see the the deck of the spaceship essentially the whole show so most of the action will be happening in song and dance and acting yes acting which is very important it's so important yes yeah. yes i think one of the things we liked about um oh and lighting sorry go ahead dave yes oh no worries um i think one of the things too is with time heart we like did the universe and then with thug tunnel we did like an underground sewer kingdom. And then for turbulence, it's like one location. And I think we're challenging ourselves each time we keep doing something because we want to do things that are different. We don't want to just keep coming and doing the same thing over and over again. So the idea of like one location ensemble show really excited us to see like what we could get our like dig our you know nails into or teeth into whatever that's I'm not good with sayings but you know what I'm saying this thing's fun baby come yeah. see turbulence <laughs> what kind of music um is the music of space 
That's mm. uh, so yeah. I'm 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 curious about that because what what kind of style of music did you guys feel worked for this kind of uh, spacey drama? Mm-hmm. Well, our head writer is a big fan of EDM, so we sort of came from that uh, mm. that musical genre as our sort of baseline of what we wanted. The and and that it works for space, you know, like okay, the yeah. the glowing. Um, stars in space and like the EDM, you know, how popular all the lighting stuff is um, at EDM shows. So EDM was a a base. And then our music director, Sam, who has composed all of the music for all three of the shows, um, he doesn't like to be told what influences we want. He likes to just feel it himself. So um, he, he actually wrote an instrumental draft of the title track turbulence and sent it to us all without any lyrics. He just like got in his zone or his space where he needs to be to feel inspired and sent out the track. And it's kind of an epic electronic, uh, race anthem, race rock. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really rocking. I, I would say, yeah, I would describe it as kind of like post new wave, like, Saturday morning cartoon rock and roll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were inspired by, by the... Uh, oh, there's Pokemon rock and roll in there, too. Stuff. Oh, okay. Well, it's rock. I mean, yeah. it's, we're never too far away from it. Yes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But then there's also... So it's synths. It's, you know, it's got those 80s tones. It's mm-hmm. got a little bit of, like, a Talking Heads vibe in it as well. A little bit of that Pokemon theme song vibe. Nice. I put a little bit of Queen in there. A little bit of Queen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then there are also songs that don't fit that genre at all that are sprinkled in the show that kind of speak to all the possibilities of space. Um, so just that, that perhaps any kind of music can be space music if it's done done right. Not that we're doing it right, but we're trying. Yeah, Pink Floyd had very spacey music. That was rock. That was very oh, spacey. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you, I guess one, you could do that. There's one track in the, in the musical that's very like siren songy it's in, it's like an incredible i mean what sam's doing with these harmonies is really challenging us frankly which is great but it's like we're really gonna try something new with this and it's sounding really cool mm-hmm. yeah more harmonies than we've ever done in the show yeah. because it's because it's an ensemble piece yeah all but one of the songs have more than one singer so yeah. Most um, of the songs are group songs. Yeah, they're mostly group songs because they all happen on the deck of the ship at various m- m- integral moments. So lots of harmony. Um, and we, we have an a cappella number that we, we've never done that before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. It's going to be, yeah, we're really trying a lot of new things, which is really cool uh, with this show. Like, not only was it like, I like that Sam is challenging us not in just like, oh, we want to do one location, but he's basically throwing down the gauntlet even, the gauntlet, the gauntlet even further and saying like, now, like, now you have to even live up to this, which is really cool. With all this EDM stuff, is there, there was there much choreography as far as dancing? Is there, can we expect a lot of dancing in this thing? Lots of dancing and uh, comedic dancing. And um, basically everybody is pretty physical already in in how we perform on stage so it's heightening that physicality adding physical jokes to the moments as well as uh very 
very silly moves. Uh, still refining it. We've got we've got three weeks still, so that will be coming soon and hopefully be very surprising. But I think we made the people laugh last year with the choreography, and that's the goal again. Compared to some of the other comedies that may be showing at the Fringe, well, what what do you think makes you guys stand out a little bit more? I think that I haven't fully gone over the catalog of every show, but of the, the ones I've seen, what here? Sorry, go away from where there's other voices. Um, but what I've what I believe is special about what we do is that it we always create comedies that have a high stakes adventure behind them. It's it's never derived off of an existing IP, of which there's a lot of shows that do that, and many of them do it wonderfully. And we don't do current events or anything like that. We do what sci-fi does, which is it takes the modern ills of the world and then holds a light to them. So a specific group of people facing challenges because of those things. And I think that that's what makes us different. Yeah, and a lot of shaking. We're going to be shaking on stage a lot. There's going to be a bunch of shaking. Uh, no, I... I I think also it's like this is our third year in Fringe, and I think after Thug Tunnel and Time Heart, it's like it, it wasn't like a flash in the pan sort of thing. Like we're very confident in like what we're doing, and Thug Tunnel was received so kindly by the community that now it's like we want to step up from that. So like we're, we want to bring it just as hard as we have been. Um, musicals seem to be getting, I mean, I don't think they fall, they ever fell out of favor, but they seem to be becoming more and more popular, especially lately. Um, yeah. and I'm, and, and it's like, um, well, do you guys have any theories on that? Why this, this time in history, they're starting to really, uh, explode or is it all because of Lynn, Lynn, Manuel Miranda? Is it, oh, is it completely, is it completely him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, my hmm. hope is that. Um, musicals being popular is a pendulum swing and that they'll always be going in and out of the social public's favor. Um, I, I think many of us grew up watching like West Side Story and Grease and uh, The Sound of Music, Mary Poppins, you know, uh, Disney movies, just that yeah. there's something special and heightened about a musical story a musical narrative versus a straight narrative that I don't think is ever going to really go out of style. So I hope that it's just coming back. I hope it, I hope it comes back and stays back. Um, but you know, like overall it never went out of style, but people just stopped wearing them, but now they're back. I'm wearing them now. They're back. I have a theory on it. I think that, a lot of musicals in the original, like, golden era was very much like that Oklahoma Rodgers and Hammerstein type, kind of like, musical, musical, la, 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 la. You get it. Yeah, yeah I get it. But anyway, so I think that yeah. that was what a lot of society viewed as what a musical sounded like. And with stuff like Hamilton and what Lin-Manuel Miranda is writing, what Trey Parker and Matt Stone are writing with Book of Mormon, and it's other more accessible musics that can be just enjoyed as kind of pop music is becoming more prevalent 
And then I think Disney is another good example because even though maybe there was a generation that wasn't listening to Carousel or something like that, they were watching Aladdin and The Little Mermaid. And so I think that that's why that's a wave of the change of the general storytelling that's happening with the songs. Yeah, do you have any? Um, I would just add that in musical improv, the the rule is when the emotion is so heightened you can't speak anymore, that's when the song happens. And I do think we're living in tumultuous times and that emotions are heightened and the best way to express that is through song. Um, so I think I think it's a cathartic thing. I'm glad people are singing along to songs and find seeing their voices or hearing their voice on stage through the work of Lynn and others. And and yeah, I think Chris's theory is pretty spot on too. Avenue Q, you know, just really smart stuff and that's what we aspire towards lyrically as well. Is to be intelligent and provide something that isn't a mirror what song you um we open at 6 30 p.m on june 10th it's a saturday and then we have seven performances from then until june 22nd which is a thursday at 10 p.m um i could whip out the exact ones in the second if i think i grab my piece of paper yeah whip it out you need the dates yeah yeah give us the dates yeah i got the dates you ready for them yeah all right, everybody. Turbulence coming to the Hollywood Fringe on June 10th, on June 15th, on June 17th. Did you say the times, Chris? 14th or something. Oh, oh, the times. Jesus <laughs> 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 The times. Well, then, thanks, buddy. That sounds hard. Oh, there we go. Poster fringe bottom. <laughs> All right. Hey there, podcast listeners. Hope you are patient. All right. Um, so, yes. Turbulence coming to the Hollywood Fringe on Saturday, June 10th at 6.30 p.m. On Wednesday, June 14th at 8.30 p.m. On Thursday, June 15th at 10.30 p.m. Uh, they're all p.m. I'm going to stop saying p.m. On this... Uh, 17th, Saturday, 8.30, 18th, Sunday, 7.30, uh, the 21st, a Wednesday, 8.30, and then the final performance of Turbulence, Thursday, at 10 p.m. The 22nd. The 22nd. Man, what a lineup of dates. Yeah. Sounds like some pretty good dates. Awesome. 